With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 97th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. Today's episode is going to be brain bashing. EJ and I are talking about the premiere of The Walking Dead. I'm your host, Matthew Sardo. I'm also the co-founder of MonkeysFightingRobots.com. Joining me in the banter is my co-host, movie critic EJ Marino. EJ, I don't know why I just said your name three times in a row, but I'm going to say it one more time. EJ, it's soapbox time. Do you have anything to put on your soapbox? Not really. I think all that's on my soapbox is from The Walking Dead. I think I will defer my soapbox so that we can get right into what happened Sunday night. And what happened Sunday night was pretty impressive to some degree and pretty depressing and sad in the other degree and not good. It's not. Okay. I would say it's good. I'm not going to put it in the great category. It was an okay premiere. I don't think it was revolutionary. It's not going to change my mind on anything, but it was good. It was a solid piece. It got the point across, but I think the major topic we're going to talk about this is it kind of came too late. This... No, you just stole my thunder because you're just well, like, I... you're like, oh, I thought it was great. I thought it was okay. Blah, blah. And I was like, for me, I thought the episode was amazing. I thought it was one of the greatest Walking Dead episodes to come out on television and i'm just gonna keep whacking my mic because i'm so excited to talk about this but the biggest problem with it is we should have had this should have been the season finale of six if this was the season finale of six minds would have been blown the internet would have fucking broken half and everybody would have been like holy fucking shit where are they going to take this from here and now here it is october six months later we're like oh that's what happened yeah we've been talking about that for six months yeah, it felt like it happened already, and I think maybe – is that a problem with, with the creators wanting to do a cliffhanger, or is that a problem with the fan-obsessed culture that we live in that we have to break down everything and look at spoilers and look at things that leaked? Because wait till we get on my leak about the kill that leaked that morning that turned out to not be real. Haha, ha, look at you people. But yeah, I, I just – I can't believe that, and I, I don't know who to blame for. Is it us or is it them for wanting to do a cliffhanger? I think it's part 50-50, and I really didn't know that's what deflated me from this episode until you mentioned that it came a little too late. And then I'm like, yeah, I really think that's why this didn't have that impact. While I think the deaths looked great and they were brutal and Jeffrey Dean Morgan's performances was great, I will agree with you. There were some really good things about this episode to make it one of the strongest. But yeah, there's there's just a disconnect there for me, and I was upset. The one thing that I hate now that I analyze everything and I think I just I blame it on my brain 
is I see AMC's like stock prices and I see AMC's like ratings and I look at all these things and and they were talking about how Breaking Bad is now longer there and and a couple shows have missed and all this other stuff. So they're kind of AMC on the business side is looking for a ratings grab. And that's what I feel they tried to do with this two-part episode of season finale, season premiere, Negan. And me knowing this, this is where I start to blame AMC because this is one of their best TV shows that they have ever. And they, if they were ballsy and like just threw it out there to people, everybody would have been talking about this all summer long. And what would it, what are they, what are they going to do? How are they going to go? Like Rick is destroyed. He's our hero. What's going on? Well, you know, May, all this other stuff. Like we would have been just feeling that emotion all summer long instead of like, Oh, who'd they kill? Who'd they kill? What's going on? Blah, blah. And you know, also the industry that we're in, there's no way that we could have not read about spoilers about this because we're, it's our job to kind of cover it in, and kind of explain people what's going on in the world of walking dead and who's coming back and what's this stuff. And here's the mysteries. And, and that's the fine line of what we do. And, and so, yeah, they just, just, I don't want to steal John Barr's line of fail, but yeah, they failed. They failed. I I agree. I think there's a failure there, but I also believe that there is a fine line that journalists need to cross. And I believe in reporting with what they give us. I will never go snoop for a story because that's not how I want to see this industry run. This industry is too obsessed with, with, with the numbers, with box office numbers, with ratings. That's not what I care about. I want to see the art itself. And I know that's not what the business people, that's not what AMC thinks is about the art themselves. They want numbers. And I think that's what concerns me here is I don't care about leaks. I don't care about ratings. I just want to see the product that they deliver that night turn out well. And so, yeah, I, I try to turn off everything that's around me because I don't really care. And I try to focus, but I think that's interfered with me for the first time that everything I know about Walking Dead and everything that happened around it, all the drama, all the leaks, all the talking that we did that whole summer, it really did hurt that season premiere because there should be more weight to this. There should be more impact. And while it was a good episode, there wasn't that long-lasting impression. Now, some people feel differently. Some people are canceling the show, quitting it for good because it's too crazy and too many people die. So it's interesting to see that reaction. Yeah, I was. I saw some people were like, oh, my God, this this episode went too far. They... They, you know, I can't believe what they did, blah, blah, blah. Were you under a rock? Did you, how did you not know this was coming? Like he showed up with the baseball bat. Did you not think that they were going to do what they were going to do? And people were talking about like, uh, Glenn's eye. And he was talking, he was sitting there trying to talk and his eye was hanging out. And then, then Negan was just taunting him and everything. And it was just too much. And I'm like, well, that's exactly what he does. It was verbatim the comic book. Well, it's verbatim the comic book, and it goes with me feeling that I don't think Walking Dead fans are fans of the horror genre. I think they got into it for a TV show, and they forget that I've seen nihilistic villains like Negan throughout film history. God, foreign films, American films that are underground. There's some sadistic, gross movies, and that's why I think I was also a little desensitized for this because I was like, yeah, that was brutal, but – yeah, there could be far worse people. That was just light compared to especially what I think a character like Negan could have done. This was just his introduction. What else could he, this crazy man do? And I think that was what was intriguing about it because I think some fans were scared off. And I'm like, oh, now I have something to be interested in. I said in my like quick like two-minute review that 
I'm so excited for what comes next because Negan is one of those villains, those epic villains of his stature. He's up there in the Darth Vader-esque, Joker-esque of villains, of just insanity of evilness. And I can't wait to see where it goes, where it leads, and how they translate this into a live-action version of the show. Because the comic is pretty intense and just starts, you know, it's the book. The comic book is always just running at a rampant pace. But these next issues of the comic book just fly by of what happened and, and the reaction and all the emotions that go involved and where people want to go and what people want to do. And then, you know, just the death toll that's ahead. I mean, like it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how this season plays out. But it's interesting because the Walking Dead TV show is not known for being like rapid and giving you things quickly. They're known for drawing things out. They drew one explosion out last season through practically the half the whole season, and it was ridiculous. And so that's what I'm a little worried about is I don't know if they're going to move this as fast as they should be and as fast as the comics do move because Negan is a great catalyst for things to happen. That's why things like what Maggie's going to have to go through now and things like what Rick's going to go through, and even on the other side, what Carol's doing now, and we get to see that in the next episode. There's interesting things that's going to happen. I just want it to move at a good pace because Walking Dead is not known for being a well-paced TV show. No, the season finale of last season was like an episode of Lord of the Rings because they just drove and drove and drove and drove and drove and drove and drove, and then nothing happened until six months later. And then we're all upset because the season finale, season premiere was wah-wah. Yeah, I think if you would have cut half of that season finale with half of this episode, maybe stop where the first death happened. I don't know how spoilery we're getting, but if we stop there, throw off this epic, oh my god, I can't believe he just did this, and then do the season premiere with what we saw with the second death and all that and leading up to it, this could have been a better paced thing. It could have took out some of the impact, but still gave us some shock value. There, there was a lot more that could have been better done with this, and I think this really exposed the pacing issues that they have with the show. All right, let's, let's establish this right now. If you haven't watched the season premiere of The Walking Dead, season seven, Negan's appearance, whatever happened with that episode, if you did not see this, you need to stop listening now because we are going to enter spoiler territory. So I'm going to say spoiler two more times, and then we're going to start spoiling the episode. Spoiler Spoiler, you've been warned. Spoilers are coming. So how do we start that now? Like I'm I know, I was okay. like, I was like, I was like, do I just be like, hey, Glenn and Abraham are dead? Okay, spoiled. There we go. <laughs> it's out of the bag. Well, basically, that's how it has to go now. <laughs> In the comic books, uh Maggie blames Rick. And I kind of let me let me let me take a few steps back. What I liked about this episode was you saw Abraham die. And not that I like that, but Abraham in the comic books died when Denise died. Denise took the arrow in the eye. In the comic books, Abraham took the arrow in the eye. And his story arc had kind of come to an end. I mean, like if if he was he is a major player that needs to come off the board for all that war to start. Because if Negan has Abraham, a military mind, there's a there's a better chance that Rick stands up to him. And there needs to be that kind of like 
Rick needs to be smarter now. He can't just go out things with full force. And now that Abraham's off the table, that makes sense. And then you have Daryl get angry and jump up and and yes, they they I think they wanted to prove the point of how brutal uh Negan is and by Daryl jumping up, then he takes out another victim and then you're like, "Oh, look, they're really framing up Glenn really well in this shot. Ah, oh, shit. And there goes Glenn. I think that was the single best moment of cinematography, direction, acting, set pe- that Everything in that moment leading up to Glenn's death I think was the best moment of that episode. Because I was really like, oh, they killed Abraham. Maybe they won't do Glenn. And then as soon as the Daryl thing happened, I'm like, okay, interesting. What are we going to – maybe Daryl might lose a hand because that's kind of a big talking point of that episode. And something comic book fans know is Rick loses a hand possibly, but he didn't lose it in this episode. So I'm like, ooh, maybe it's going to be Daryl. And then he starts walking backwards to Glenn, and I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is awesome. And then he whacks him, and I'm like, oh, man. Like I can't believe they went through with that and how they did it. That was probably the best moment of it for me. But I I like how they kind of set it up to, are people going to start hating Daryl a little bit now? He's this fan favorite, beloved hero. And to see Maggie get a little angry towards this. And now I think I saw some fans online kind of start blaming Daryl. So I think that's interesting that this hero of the show now gets this like kind of this different feeling towards him. Oh, no, it's totally Daryl's fault. And but that's going to be the story arc for him is he's going to be stuck in a cage. Thinking it, watch it, reliving, you know, Glenn dying in his head. So that's going to be his story arc and how he matures. And and since he's not in the comic book, he's the wild card of of how things could differ and change and everything like that. And then Negan puts him puts Rick in the Winnebago and they have a conversation about who's in charge. I kind of really like that. I I I love that dream sequence, the mistiness. The zombies, and I know that some of the special effects weren't the best. The elongated head falling that off. Was on- horrible. Like to have such beautiful Greg Nicotero practical effects with the Glenn and Abraham scenes to go to a shitty CGI stretching of a zombie. Very disappointing. But everything else around it was beautiful. So I try to forgive it, but that was a really big glaring issue and a great episode. Oh, and I, for- I for- or a good episode. I forgot. I forgot my my one emotional connection to this show because everything was. I was just kind of disconnected with it. But when when Glenn's like, I'll find you as his eyeballs hanging out and he's about to die and or he is dead basically at that point in time, I was like, oh, that's the line. That's a line right there. Because in the comic book, he just says Maggie. But, like, there's still a connection and, and she can still love him and, and, like, his final thoughts is of her kind of thing. It, would, it was more connected than the comic book. And, and this is actually the first television episode that I liked more than the comic book. Which is interesting because I think, you know, they're they're almost the same. But I think the way they could do it on TV was going to allow it to be better. And I'm glad it was better than worse because I think that's the point of this TV show is to take what the comic book did and amp it up for television and, you know, to put it on film because that's how it goes. That's you're supposed to kind of make it better. And they haven't really done that to this point. And I think this was the first time, other than the pacing of like the cliffhanger, that the deaths and the kills and how Negan was handled was probably a little bit better. And then Negan takes Rick and goes in the RV and they drive off. And it's all about the conversation about the axe. Did you think that he threw the axe into the field or did you think he threw the axe on top of the RV? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I think he threw it into the field. That's what I thought. (laughs) 
yeah, I, I don't know why there's like, an, like a whole kind of debate about this. But yeah, I thought he threw it out there. Rick got it. And then Rick ended up up there. I don't know. That, that, there was a lot of surrealism going on there. And I wish it kind of would have focused down and gone well, more to the shift of power between Negan and Rick and focused a little bit more on that. Because that's what I liked about that scene. And I thought that was you to see Rick so weak in a moment. I thought that was interesting to see. And I was happy about that. But it got a little messy. See, I loved all the mist and, and the fact that it could be almost be dream centric at some point in time. And then it actually was dream centric where Rick saw the death of everybody. I mean, because Rick was just a passenger in the events of the episode. I don't really think he was part you know, like he was in it, but he wasn't in it. It was. It wasn't, for better or for worse, it was the Negan show, and you were just witnessing everything that was going on. And there was nothing, I felt uh, powerless. Rick was definitely powerless. It, like, it accomplished everything the episode needed to do. And I really liked the mistiness and then the anger and the rage because you still saw that Rick had stuff in him to where you know at some point in time he's going to fight back. Yeah, he he was almost out of it and he, but you saw that little bit of an anger there and i think by the end of the episode i think we got to see him fully break though i think they really like that whole carl scene with him almost right and then they off. then they get back to back with the rv and negan is not convinced that rick has is become subservient so he then threatens to chop off carl's arm and i was like oh this is going to be interesting because this is different than the comic book and i was like it would be kind of funny if Carl just keeps losing body parts. I was yeah, like, he'll look like a pirate by the end of the show. <laughs> I was like, please cut his arm. Please cut his arm. Because I was like, this will be the shock factor and that will be the wow factor. And I was just like, <sighs> um, I, I would have filmed it differently. Like the way they have it set up where yeah, that Negan, Negan cuts back, you know, Negan cuts him off. But I would have had where Rick has his arm up to chop. And as soon as he starts to come down, I would have put the bat there. So the bat cuts the axe because then that's a foreshadow into a later battle. Well, yeah, that would have been a genius idea. Yeah, because that's what the show needs is a little bit more planning for the future. I know we know what's going to happen in the future, but they rarely, I think, look ahead in the filmmaking and the foreshadowing aspect. But, yeah, I think that whole scene could have took notes from how the Glenn thing was framed, even doing close-ups of Rick's eyes, Carl's eyes, right before he does it. It could have been more intense because I think as soon as that scene started playing out, I I knew he wasn't losing the hand and it started to be a little bit more obvious. But I was at first I was convinced. I was like, oh, shit, Carl's going to be like one arm, one eye, soon to be one leg, maybe who knows. And it started playing out. I'm like, oh, boy. And then he cut him off. And but I, I really think the point of Negan doing it got across. I think he broke down Rick. Just the scene didn't break us down. No, when Rick like threw a snot rocket out of his face because he was so upset, I was like, oh my, I was like, this is, this is amazing film going on right now. Like he's really upset. There was snot coming out of his face and I was like, wow. And then you see him just broken in the eyes. Like, oh, that's the look I wanted. Blah, blah. And then Negan just kind of walks away, and it'll be interesting to see. Because in the comic books, it's a real quick transition. Like, after Negan leaves, Maggie punches him. She's like, we're going to kill him, blah, blah, And then, And then Rick's like, no, we're not going to kill him. We're going to lay low, but we're going to rise up. And there's a few missions that happen where, like, 
people are building bullets and people are doing recon and some other things going on. But yeah, this is where I start to worry, like what you said of how many episodes are we going to deal with the lack of machismo factor of Rick? Is it going to be four episodes of him finding himself and figuring out what's going on? Or is it going to be a whole season? You know, where is that? Where is that going to be? Well, already the next episode's not even about the group. While I know they focused heavily on them, the next episode is supposed to be about Carol going to the hilltop, I believe it's called, or the kingdom. The kingdom, um, Ezekiel yes, yes, and the tiger. Yes. So, yeah, I, I know she starts going over there, and that's going to be that story. So there's already a break in the pacing and the break of the storytelling that we're having. Maybe we need it. Maybe we don't, though. And we could have done this Carol episode a little later on or start mixing the episodes half and half. But right. we'll see how it goes because – I just don't want the pacing to fall off on this show like it did last season because last season felt like it was dragging for a while. And then he got to the finale that was literally just driving, dragging, moving around so slowly to a uh, finale. Now that I've seen the premiere to last finale, I think the finale is less impactful. I think that kind of took away from it. It, it You said it should have been this premiere should have been the finale. It would have really changed everything about it. It would have. And then this is. This is the next point of what you're trying, what you're saying, not what you're trying to say, because you're you're kind of saying what exactly what you're saying. The point of a season is kind of a build up to the season finale. You know the way that the new television line is going with this with this storytelling and not single episodes here and there. Like it should be building up. It's, you're like a DJ. You got to keep the audience moving and shaking and, and dancing and all this stuff, and then you build up, and then. You're like, oh, man, I really want to watch season eight now because it was such an amazing season finale that I have to watch season eight now. And and now you've you've started with the season finale and now you're going to cut it back down. And that emotional low is going to be brutal for the next three weeks. Oh, no, I completely agree. I also like how your analogy was DJ. I was going to say climaxing during lovemaking as you got to build up, build up, build up. I like how our analogies are way different there. But, yeah, I think that's definitely going to be a flaw here is that we're building up to kind of nothing now. We saw the craziest thing that possibly could happen until probably the end of the season. So I don't know if we're going to go through episode two, three, four, and five just being like, eh, not as good as the premiere. And that's not what we should be doing. We should be going steadily up, 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 up. And maybe we're putting too much pressure on the writers and the filmmakers. But, no, that's your job. Up the ante. You upped it up keep going and i hope they don't get into a really bad lull i hate to say it but this episode or issue 100 of the walking dead was one of the most intense episodes and then it's a very long build-up with negan like negan is still around in the comic book so i mean like they're the resolution for rick and negan is very far off and that's what everybody wants right now and you're not going to get it. So I no, don't. I don't. I especially I don't want that thing to pay off right now, but I want it to build properly. And that's what I'm worried about just because of what I've seen Walking Dead history TV wise. They didn't really build and handle villains well. And like you said, this should be the Darth Vader of their TV show. The governor was not that great of a villain, I think. I think looking back on him, he's kind of weak compared to what I hope Negan could be. Negan just all out like. I'm bigger than you. You're giving us our stuff. And I have hundreds of soldiers who fear me. Don't, you know, and, and go from there. So, I mean, like there's that, there's those two sides and that's, that's the dynamic of, you know, if you even talk about like the revolutionary war, like 
the English were in America and they were fighting for something they didn't believe in kind of thing. And, and then you had the Americans who were like believing in independence. And, and that's kind of going to be the parallels of what's going on here as, as you have the conqueror coming in and then you have his mercenaries and they're not going to be in it as much as Rick's crew because Rick is there to inspire the crew. That's probably the best Robert Kirkman compliment he's ever got is that you compared his work to the Revolutionary War. <laughs> that was a beautiful analogy there, too. You're killing it today with these. Robert Kirkman, that should be on the title of The Walking Dead. It's like just like the Revolutionary War, but with blood and zombies. I just don't under – I'm my biggest thing that I'm worried about is that – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat myself – is that the season premiere was the season finale, and – the emotional lows that we're going to have. I, I'm trying to figure out how they're going to write this to kind of, because with game, and I always compare things to kind of like Game of Thrones, and now I'll start comparing stuff to Westworld and just how they do things because these are supposed to be the top tier shows that are out there. But Game of Thrones kind of has a formula where they're like, we're going to scare the shit out of you or kill somebody or do something dramatic like every three episodes. And even when their season finale, you know, they have 10 episodes. So they're like episode eight or nine shit's going to hit the fan and, and kind of just be crazy to kind of catch you off guard from the season finale of what's going on. And walking dead really doesn't catch you off guard that many times. You know, there's personal deaths that they've had, but now you've amped up the death factor so high with Glenn and Abraham's death at the hands of Negan how are they, and even with Denise getting the arrow through the eye, like, how are they going to amp up the deaths or keep you engaged? Because right now I'm like, okay, I'm like, Maggie and Rick are the only two, Carl maybe? I'm like, who, well, who's a character now? I mean, Daryl, you know, it, it, like, those are the four characters. I'm like, well, if they died, I'd be kind of, you know, that'd be kind of shocking. Everybody else maybe. Is, yeah. It's a time for we to stop using death as a crutch, though. I think that's a cheap storyline way of getting to you shocked. Maybe torture Daryl for a season and a half. Put him in a cage and make him someone's bitch. Like, I think that would be a different way of, other than killing somebody off, to break us down as viewers and break a character down and break the characters around them down. I really don't want death to be the only thing Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or any of these shows can do to shock us anymore. There needs to be more. And I think that's what sometimes using sexual assault or torture or something different to shock us because it can't be death every time. So I know you were kind of listing off like maybe Daryl or Carl, but I'm like, no, let's do something more brutal. That's why I was kind of down for Carl's arm getting chopped off. I think that would be, I don't run a gag on the show, but like kind of this thing to see Carl start losing body parts because of everyone else's stupidity. I think that would be genius. You know, there's there's a lot that we could do, hopefully not centered around death with Walking Dead. And I think if that can, if they can do that for me this season, that can keep me interested. And instead of just building towards a death every season finale or the premiere or like that episode nine, like Game of Thrones does, I want something different this season. Now that death is the upped ante that they did. I don't want sexual assault. That makes me, that, that makes everything awkward. I, and I know that's not a great thing to want in film, but I've seen a lot of crazy rape and revenge movies from the 70s that I think that helps the female character come back to be the strong, awesome badass. It's another cheap ploy, but something Walking Dead doesn't even do too often because they skipped on on that. The governor was supposed to do that to Michonne. He was supposed to 
like rape and torture her crazy. And I think that would have made him this vile, disgusting villain other than this kind of like whiny bitch boy he ended up being. Where I, I want to see Negan do that to something like Daryl. Like I said, keep him in a pen. Like he said, oh, he liked this one. Basically, like try to break down Daryl like he did Rick. I want to see just different story things other than death, especially on a show that the death is literally walking around you. It's not that impactful anymore to me. Interesting. Interesting. Because for me, I'm still in horror horror film mode where I'm like, whoever survives till the end, it's like, who's going to survive? And I know that they're not all going to survive. And, and I mean, it kind of sucks that I'm 50 issues, 50 plus issues ahead in the series. So I know kind of that ne- I know the next level shocking death where it just comes out of nowhere and and sucker punches you in the in the chest and it did take 50 it took half like issue 100 was where Negan like gut punched you but there was three or four other gut punches in there before issue 100 but then it took uh, 50 episodes to build up to that next gut punch by Kirkman and I was like holy fucking shit I cannot believe he did that and I was like I can't believe he did to me again what he did with the death of Glenn in the comic book and I don't know how they're going to build up to that because it took 50 episode 50 issues for Kirkman to build that up to in a comic book how are they gonna keep a series together for 14 seasons to build up to that you know or or 10 seasons yeah, it's going to have to try to not get into a major, like, downfall of them. But I, I think that's what I said. Maybe instead of these gut punches that are deaths, change it up a little bit. Give us something fresh. Build Negan up as this crazy villain or build this whole, like, we're going to get revenge, but we're going to have to, like, slowly do it. it. It's just all about the pacing of the show. And I think that's where this debate got started is because we both are not fans of how the show has been paced. So I think we get a little worrisome of where their future lies because – they have they have the material to make a good future. It's how they handle that material. Is it because the show is too long? Uh, yeah, I definitely think. Uh, well, let's not like, talk about too long. Where Talking Dead was like an hour and a half, two hours. I was like, come on, guys. I didn't. Even, this, I didn't. Even, I didn't even watch Talking Dead. All I, of I, that is getting crazy. It, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I saw once I saw what people were in the lawn chairs and it was outside, and I was like, I I, don't, I have no care. I have no care for this at all. <laughs> Hi, EJ. I think that we went down the rabbit hole today with Walking Dead. This isn't going to be our only episode of Walking Dead. I feel like we're going to have to talk about this a little bit more, maybe do a part two of this or break down more of the season later on because we still have more to talk about. But it's interesting because that was a lot to handle and a lot to digest. Uh, We have Doctor Strange next week, and I'm super excited for that. I know that your MCU non-friendliness will be annoying to sit next to. Oh, I, I'm going to try to be optimistic because I have my things I like about Doctor Strange. So we'll see how it goes. Hi, right, everybody needs to come to MegaCon this weekend and find us. We'll be in Tampa. EJ and I will be wandering around the cameras, taking pictures of cosplayers. So come to MegaCon Tampa. All right, this is our special shout out section before we head off to the wonders of MegaCon. Chad from Winnipeg. Just keep those comments coming strong. Eddie Haro. I like the fact that you listened to the show four times this week. I appreciate it. If you would like to be in the shout-out section, all you have to do is leave a comment or listen to the show because I can see stats on SoundCloud, and I can see who's watching. I can see who's naughty and who's been nice. Christmas is coming. Talk to you later. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Oh, no! <laughs>
Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation. After the show, follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. My co-host EJ is also on Twitter at EJ Christ with a K. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on SoundCloud. If you have a chance, we'd greatly appreciate a review of our show on iTunes. All you Android users out there, listen to the show on Stitcher or Google Play. Google Play that shit. Additionally, there's this app called TuneIn. Listen to every radio station in the world, plus the Monkey Spitting Robots podcast. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the 97th episode of Monkey Spitting Robots a success. Special shout out to my host EJ Marino for putting up with me. I'm going to go make MC an MCU movie next week. Can't wait. Jeff Shade is creator of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkey Spitting Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? The staff of Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up and running. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you very much for your support. I'm Matt Sardo, and this is Monkey Sweating Robots. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. 